It is something else that we have access to God. Think about that. We as sinful people, we have access to a perfect God. Through Jesus and with the help of the Holy Spirit, we have access to God in prayer. By which we actually approach God and we speak to Him in response to what God has spoken to us in His Word. So God speaks to us in His Word. We open God's Word, we read God's Word, and He speaks to us His truth, His great promises. And then through Jesus and with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can approach God and speak back to Him. So prayer is Christ-enabled, Spirit-helped conversation with God. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus Himself teaches us how to do it. He begins in verses 5 through 8 with some preliminary thoughts, teaching that prayer should never be motivated by a desire to please others, and it should never be motivated by some desire to impress God. Prayer should always be heartfelt. Prayer should always be sincere and prompted only by a desire to encounter God. God does not hear people based on how they pray. God hears people based on who they are. And if people are God's children, then He hears them. God is a Father. He is our Heavenly Father who is bending down to listen to His beloved. So it's no surprise that in verse 9, Jesus teaches us to begin the conversations by approaching God as our Father in Heaven. Our Father reminds us of the goodness of God and in heaven reminds us of the greatness of God. Every prayer, just like every conversation, has a beginning and it has a middle and it has an end. And it is important to note that the beginning Jesus prescribes is praise. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. That is, may You receive the glory that You alone deserve, God. That is how Jesus teaches us to begin our prayers. When we pray, it is good to begin with adoration. We praise God for who He is, And then we thank God for what He has done. And then we get to our list. Then we get to our requests. Then we get to our petition. 
So we move from upward to outward. We move from a focus singularly on God and praising Him for all that He is and thanking Him for all that He has done in us, with us, for us. We move from upward in our prayers to outward. We look out. We look at the day that is before us. We look at the world that is around us. And when we do that, we are faced with the reality of all of our needs and the needs of others. And so we present them to God. That's what petition is. We present our requests to God. So in verse 10, of Matthew chapter 6, which is our chosen text today, Jesus moves on to petition. There are several petitions in His prayer. And here in verse 10, I think there is one. Many commentators see two here. But I think that they are so closely related that they can be identified as one petition. And I think you'll see this, that Jesus now moves us in our prayers from praise to surrender. As He moves us into our list, as He moves us into this outward prayer as we consider our needs, He moves us from a posture of praise to now surrender. The way I'm going to take us into this verse and through this sermon is by three steps. Step number one, understand. Step number two, examine. And step number three, consider. First, we need to understand. We need to understand how we are being directed to pray in verse 10. What? exactly are we being told to pray for here? And then second, examine. We need to examine our own hearts. Do we find there a desire to pray like this? And third, consider. We need to consider what this prayer, this petition, this surrender looks like today. That is where we are going. But before we go there, I should pray. Father in heaven, thank you for time now to read your word, to think about your word. Help us to understand your truth. And help us to apply your word to our life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read today's verse, but let's read it in context. And so I will back up to the beginning of this teaching on prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Jesus says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, 
Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And now, verse 10, and here is the first petition. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now the first thing we want to do is understand this petition. What are we being told to pray for? While it is one petition, there are obviously three parts, and we'll take them one at a time. The first part is, your kingdom come. Father in heaven, may your kingdom come. The word kingdom is used 53 times in the Gospel of Matthew. More than it is used in any other book of the Bible. And it refers simply to the royal rule of God. So when you hear kingdom, don't think first of a place or a location. When you hear kingdom, especially in the Gospel of Matthew, think about the royal rule of God. Now here are four ways to think about God's kingdom. Here are four different ways to think about the rule of God. Number one, God's kingdom may refer to God's rule over all creation for all time. Everything and everyone belongs to God and nothing ever happens in the universe without God's permission. Our God is in the heavens, Psalm 115.3, and He rules. He does whatever He pleases. The Puritan William Perkins defined this as God's general kingdom, referring to God's absolute power and sovereignty, whereby He ruleth all things in heaven, in earth, and in hell. So that's the first way to think about God's kingdom. It is God's rule over all creation for all time. Number two, the kingdom of God may also refer to God's rule over His chosen people. William Perkins defined this as God's special kingdom. In a very special way, God is king over His children. And they, we, willingly submit to Him. This is a family relationship between children 
and their father. And we willingly submit to God. It is a kingdom of grace where God is changing men, women, and children and making them willing to submit to Him. In that sense, we as Christians, we are a part of God's general kingdom and we are a part of God's special kingdom. The ESV Study Bible puts it this way. The presence of God's kingdom in this age refers to the reign of Christ in the hearts and lives of believers and to the reigning presence of Christ in His body, the church, so that they increasingly reflect His love, obey His laws, honor Him, do good for all people, and proclaim the good news of the kingdom. So the kingdom of God may also refer to God's rule over His chosen people. Number three, the kingdom of God may also refer to God's rule in heaven. In heaven, right now, God rules over His angels and His people who have lived on and left this earth like Moses and David and Paul and maybe your believing grandparents and so on. God's kingdom may refer to God's rule in heaven. And finally, fourth, the kingdom of God may also refer to God's future rule over the new heavens and the new earth where He will one day rule over His people forever. That is a kingdom of glory. It is the kingdom of glory that this kingdom of grace will one day become. So what do these all have in common? You see, they all have in common the rule of God. Kingdom refers to the royal rule of God. So what are we being told to pray here? What are we praying when we pray, Father in heaven, may your kingdom come? We are praying for the expansion of God's rule. Let me say that again. We are praying for the expansion of God's rule. We are living now, Christians, within the kingdom of God. And it is better than it once was, but it is not as good as it will one day be. And so, we pray we are praying that this kingdom of grace will grow. And we are praying that this kingdom of grace will grow until the kingdom of glory arrives when Jesus returns. We pray based on texts like Matthew 13.31 that God's kingdom would now grow like a mustard seed that grows in the ground. 
and we pray Revelation 22.4, come Lord Jesus. So we want His kingdom of glory to arrive, and in the meantime, we want this kingdom of grace to grow. We pray for, and we long for the day when King Jesus returns and establishes His forever kingdom. And for now, and also, we pray that this special kingdom that we live in now would expand. That is, we pray for more disciples, and we pray for better disciples. We pray for more people willing to surrender to God as King. John Stott, who wrote a commentary on this Gospel account, he writes, to pray that His kingdom may come is to pray that both it may grow as through the church's witness people submit to Jesus and that soon it will be consummated when Jesus returns in glory to take His power and reign. Or Stuart Weber writes in his commentary, this prayer is not only for the future coming of Christ, but it is also for the spreading of God's kingdom around the world through His kingdom servants. So we are praying, Father in heaven, may Your kingdom come. Father in heaven, may Your rule and reign expand on this earth. May more and more of this earth surrender to you. That's the first part in this prayer. Which brings us to the next part of this petition. And that is, your will be done, how, and this is the third part, on earth as it is in heaven. So we pray, may your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When it comes to the will of God, there is a lot of misunderstanding. When it comes to the will of God and discerning the will of God and knowing the will of God and doing the will of God, you can find a number of books on any one of those topics. But biblically, when it comes to the will of God, there is a secret will and there is a revealed will. The Bible speaks of a secret will or desire of God, and that is what He plans and decrees and does. And the Bible refers to a revealed will or desire of God, and that is what He commands us to do. So first, God has a secret will. A secret will that only He knows that will or desire, it cannot be resisted by anyone and it always comes to pass. Let me give you some examples in Scripture. Acts 18.21 
But as he left, he promised, I will come back if it is God's will. And then he set sail from Ephesus. James 4.15, instead you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Deuteronomy 29.29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So there is secret will and there is revealed will. Proverbs 19.21 Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Job 42.2 I know, Job says to God, that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. That is, your will cannot be thwarted. Your ultimate desire, plan, purpose, it cannot be changed. It cannot be resisted. Romans 9, 19. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault for who can resist his will? And Paul's answer is no one. No one can resist this secret will of God. It is his plan. It is what God decrees to take place, and it always comes to pass. That's one way the Bible speaks of the will of God. But the Bible also speaks of God's revealed will. God's revealed will refers to the way God wants people to live, and of course it can be resisted, and it often is resisted. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 Be joyful always. These are commands. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Or 1 Peter 2.15 For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. God's secret will is what God will do. And God's revealed will is what God wants you to do. As Christians, we surrender to God's secret will and we obey God's revealed will. Jesus did the exact same thing, though perfectly. Jesus surrendered to God's will, God's plan. In the garden, when He prayed in Matthew 26, 42, Your will be done. Father in heaven, Jesus prayed facing the cross. Father, Your will be done. He surrendered. Not my will, but Your will, God. And Jesus obeyed God's revealed will. He said in John 14.31, But I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. So what are we being told to pray here? Father in heaven, in heaven, 
your will is perfectly obeyed. There is no resistance in heaven. So God, may there be less and less and finally no resistance to Your will here on earth. That's the prayer. God, just like in heaven, on this earth, may there be less and less and finally no resistance to Your will. That is our prayer. Leon Morris writes, In heaven, God's will is perfectly done now, for there is nothing in heaven to hinder it, and the prayer looks for a similar state of affairs here on earth. Now you see, put this all together. Jesus has moved us in our prayer from praise to surrender. He's moved us from arms raised to God to head bowed before Him. It sounds like this. God, Father in heaven, I praise You for who You are. And I thank You for all that You've done. And God, I pray that You would rule. Rule over my heart. Rule over my family. Rule over my community and church and nation. And may we turn to You and willingly surrender. Surrender our resources, our agendas, indeed our very lives to You. All that we have, may Your kingdom come. May Your will be done. May we be Your loyal Subjects, all my resources, God, they're yours. The gifts you've given me. The talents you may have given me. The time you've given me. The money you've given me. The opportunities you've given me. All the resources that I have, God, they are under your rule. May my agendas and my plans and my desires, may they all be in submission to Your revealed desire for my life. So God, may my whole life be surrendered to You. I am in a kingdom. And in this kingdom, there is a king. And I must bow my knee before the king. So God, may You do that in my heart and may You do that everywhere. That is the heart of this prayer. May Your kingdom come, God. May Your throne exist here on earth as it does in heaven. 
And may surrender here look like surrender looks like there in your throne room in heaven above. So let's move on now to the second step. Hopefully we understand what this petition is. But now step two of this sermon. Let's look to examine our hearts. Is there a desire in your heart to pray like this? This is how Jesus is calling us to pray. It's interesting, and we'll see even as we work through this prayer, it's interesting to see the conflict that might exist between what we naturally pray for and what Jesus tells us to pray for. For some of you, that conflict might be evident right now. I mean, is this a desire of your heart? Do you pray like this? Do you want to pray like this? Remember, look back if you have your Bible open. Remember verses 5 and 6? Before Jesus even taught us what to pray, He started with how to pray, and He emphasized the importance of sincerity. Like, don't fake it. Don't do it to impress God. Don't do it to impress others or please others. Your prayers, they need to not be hypocritical. They need to be sincere, heartfelt. You need to mean what you pray. The motive needs to be to encounter God and nothing else. So the question is, can you sincerely pray for this? And the answer is, you cannot unless... It's the desire of your heart. If you don't desire that God's kingdom and His rule would expand, if you don't desire that He would be obeyed anywhere and everywhere, then you cannot obey Jesus here and pray like this. So examine yourself now. Is this desire in my heart? Author Craig Blomberg, he says this, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven expresses the desire that the acknowledgement of God's reign and the accomplishment of His purposes take place in this world even as they already do in God's throne room. The first half of the prayer thus focuses exclusively on God and His agenda as believers adore, worship, and submit to His will before they introduce their own personal petitions. You see, we're not even to our personal petitions yet in this prayer. This is moving from praising God now to surrendering to God. God, Your will be done. God, your reign in all the earth. So what do I do if I just don't have this desire in my heart? If this does not seem important to you, that God's kingdom would come and His will would be done, I would encourage you to first look around. Maybe you don't need to look outside your house. 
But maybe you need to look down the street. Maybe you need to watch the news. Maybe you need to download the Voice of the Martyrs Pray Today app. Maybe you need to get online and open your mind and open your eyes to the reality of pain and suffering in this world that is all due to rebellion against God. Ever since Genesis chapter 3, it is sin, it is disobedience and dishonoring of God that is the root of everything painful, of everything terrible, of everything wicked. And so that cultivates in us a desire that God would reign and more and more people would surrender and submit to Him as King, that there would be peace, that there would be relief, which is something every single one of us longs for. Also, if you're lacking this desire for God's kingdom to come and His will to be done, I would encourage you to meditate on the Gospel. The Gospel is the best news. We may forget it. We may take it for granted. But the Gospel is this good news that we have no ability in and of ourselves to get to God. We do not have the ability to be good enough to please God, to be good enough to earn a relationship with Him. In fact, because of our rebellion, because we've each gone our own way, we deserve not to be with God, but to be sent away from Him. And in fact, that is what would happen to every single one of us if God were only just and not also merciful. God is merciful. So the good news is that He has sent Jesus. And Jesus came. God Himself came in the flesh. And He came to live in the place of sinners. To live the way you and I should live. And He came to die. He came to die not as punishment for anything that He had done, but as punishment for what you and I have done. And so He has taken our guilt and He has taken our shame and He has taken our punishment and He has put it to death on the cross. And here is the exchange. And He has given us His righteousness. He's given us His goodness. He's given us His perfect record. His perfect life. So that if we love Him and trust Him for salvation, then we will be forgiven and cleansed of all our sin. And a relationship with God is now possible. And so, because of our faith, God adopts us and brings us into our family and seats us at the table in His house forever where He reigns as our Heavenly Father. Meditate on that. Meditate on the good news of who Jesus is and what He has done for you and that your eternal security 
is not based one bit on your performance, but on Christ's performance. Remind yourselves of this Gospel until there is the kind of gratitude and peace in your heart that you want for all people and then pray, God, may Your kingdom come and may Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And now finally, and in conclusion, let's move on to the third step of this sermon and briefly consider what this looks like today. Maybe you're ahead of me. What does this look like today? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, you can certainly pray this for yourself and for your family and for your church that is good, that is close to home. But this petition, look with me, this petition seems to have a much wider scope. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. That of course includes your kingdom come, your will be done in my heart, in my family, my church, my city, my state, and so forth. But this posture of surrender before our Heavenly Father prays, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth. That is, everywhere people are on earth. Now think about this global crisis that we're in. What an opportunity to pray like this. How often... Is there something that captivates the entire planet? How often is there a crisis of this proportion to where everyone, virtually everyone, is affected by it? Think about this crisis. God has a plan, and we don't know exactly what it is, but we know that God calls people everywhere, Christian or not, to submit to Him, to bow their knee before Him, to surrender to Him. We know that is God's will. And few do. Few do. God is dishonored horribly. As people all over the earth curse Him and ignore Him. And we understand that human life has a trajectory and it is the glory of God. And in this petition, we pray that God would even use this coronavirus. We pray that every knee would bow and every tongue confess. God, may You bring everyone into submission to You where there is joy, where there is freedom, 
where there is peace, where there is hope. You are unlike any earthly king. You are a perfect heavenly king. God, use our circumstances today to awaken people to the reality of Your rule, to the reality of their sin and their accountability to You, and the reality of the good news of the Gospel. We pray like this, Father in Heaven, may You reign in the heart of our city manager. May You reign in the heart of our mayor. Father in Heaven, may You reign among our county's supervisors, may You reign in Governor Newsom. Father in Heaven, may You reign in the White House. May You reign in the World Health Organization. May You reign in China. May You reign in South Korea. May You reign in Italy. God, may Your kingdom come. May Your will be done in all the earth as it is in heaven. And of course, Father, may You reign in this heart of mine. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, may Your kingdom come. May Your reign and rule spread to every corner of this earth. And will You return soon? Will You come quickly again, Lord Jesus, and bring in the kingdom of Your glory that we may live forever with You? And God, may Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, God. May You change the hearts of men and women so that they desire to please You in all things and to not go their own way, but to go Your way. We pray this would happen, God. On earth, as it is in heaven. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.